Before we begin this episode, I promised a listener who sent me a really creepy meme or gif or video of dolls and also forewarned me that this was involving dolls a shout out on the show because I hated it so much. So John from Florida, thank you again for the creepy video of the dolls. I will post it on the Instagram once this podcast releases. In the meantime, please accept my deepest apologies for not having my cool voice because I am currently battling COVID, which is why this episode has been delayed. I appreciate your understanding, well wishes, and all of that stuff. I think it's working, so let's hope that we keep it going. Anyways, enough of the business. On to the show. Welcome to another episode of It's Haunted What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. The ultimate month of spooky has come and gone, but here at It's Haunted What Now, we live in the paranormal and the unexplained every single day of the year. Today, we bring you stories about spine-chilling occurrences with entities that seem to take or change the way the storyteller feels or rewire their entire personalities. Then, we close out with an astonishing tale about precognitive dreams that weren't easy to decipher. Okay, ready to get spooked? Near Baby launches us into today's episode with a soul-wrenching witching hour confrontation. Say that five times fast. My sister, we'll refer to her as M, and I came to visit our family here in Mexico. When we were younger, weird things happened, but as we got older, we brushed them off as coincidences and wild imagination. Just to be safe, M and I shared the same room and the same bed, even though there are two full beds in the room. We haven't had any bad experiences until tonight. Around 11-ish tonight, a fight broke out between the two of us. She yelled, I yelled and we ended up physically fighting. We told each other off and somehow managed to stay in the same bed. I mention this because it's absolutely not typical behavior for us and because it's the only thing that's different from the other nights here. At 3.26 a.m., M tapped me on my shoulder and was shaking. Her eyes were wide open, looking past me. Instantly, I hugged her and she latched onto me, crying into my chest. She asked me to look to see if there was something behind her, her body was literally attached to mine, so I had to lift my body to peek. Nothing. Through her sobs, she managed to tell me that something tried to take her. She said that she was sleeping, woke up, and felt her body extremely heavy. She could see me sleeping face up, but I seemed far away. As she was trying to process what was going on, she felt a massive yank that she described as her soul being pulled. She compared it to what she imagines being kidnapped feels like, feeling scared, shocked, vulnerable, uncertain of where you're headed. At this point, she was on one bed and I'm on the other, facing each other. As she's crying and sharing her experience, we hear a chime, 
from a bell coming from behind her. She leaped onto me in a fraction of a second. I got up to try to see if it was something that could have fallen or maybe moved. Again, nothing. As I'm walking back, we hear it again. This time a bit fainter and from a lower point somewhere closer to the wall facing the bedheads. It's now 5.50 a.m. We had a family member say a prayer and come to sleep in the extra bed. None of us can sleep. She keeps trying to throw up to shake the bad feeling she has in her stomach. We aren't really sensitive to ghost or spirits. To be honest, we are skeptical of the paranormal. I'd love to dismiss this as sleep paralysis, but this was more than just not being able to move. She's literally sick now, and the bells? Also, the 3.26 a.m. thing seems to somehow stand out to me. I feel like it's somehow important. Does anyone have any insight into what this could mean? Listen, I'm wary of anything that has a negative effect on perfectly normal people's personalities. It's odd that you and your sister would randomly get into a fistfight when you seem to be pretty close and share a bed together. I'm curious to know what your sister was seeing. If you could give us some details about that, maybe we could theorize better about what was happening. The time is definitely significant because 3 a.m. is known as the witching hour when spooky and mysterious things tend to occur. And maybe consider looking up the angel number and reading what it, the interpretation means for you. Hopefully, you can give us more info on what your sister saw. The next story is an absolutely chilling account by Mr. T-Junkie about an entity that had him and his former girlfriend bolting out of their home. This is long, but I have to get it off my chest. Why do I want to tell my story? I have stage 3C cancer. I was given six months to live five years ago, and I'm still here. If I can pass on any advice before my time comes and help someone, then great. I'm not religious, and when this event happened, I didn't believe in the paranormal. If you read it and think, bull crap, I don't care. I'm not looking for your justification or acceptance. I'm just telling things that happened to me many years ago. You decide what you want. I was 17 or 18 living with my girlfriend who was six months pregnant with my son. We went to bed on a normal evening. Nothing strange had happened and in fact we were very happy and looking forward to getting the baby's room ready in the weekend. I was sound asleep and as a heavy sleeper, nothing wakes me. Until my girlfriend woke me up to say there was someone in the house. It was around 2am for reference. We lived in a masonette. I assumed that someone had broken into the house, so I jumped up to grab something to protect us. I don't know what, but I had to do something. Our bed was against a wall, so getting in was either on one side or from the bottom. I was against the wall, so I threw the duvet back and lunged toward the end of the bed to get up. Then standing or hovering at the end of our bed was a figure with no defining features at all. A shimmering gray outline filled with a white smoke texture. I came within two feet of it whilst jumping up and face to face, so to speak. I froze for a second as it moved toward me, then I launched back into bed and threw the duvet over my head. I know. And then my girlfriend said, Did you see it? I was shaking and absolutely petrified with fear. I looked at her and said, What did you see? She described the exact thing I just got a foot away from. She said she woke up to it standing next to her at her side of the bed and she could feel it staring at her. 
The room was absolutely freezing cold and we could see our breath like in a horror movie. We hid under the duvet for around 20 minutes and kept peeking. This thing was pacing around the room slowly and moving up the windows and pressuring the glass so hard we could hear the double glazing creaking under the pressure. After 30 minutes or so, it left the room and we decided to make an exit as fast as we could. We grabbed our clothes and fumbled around as quickly as we could. Our stairs were U-shaped, so you go down a flight, turn 180 on a small rectangle section and down the next flight. We got to the top of the stairs and it was clear, so we went as fast as we could. Turned the corner and the thing was halfway up the lower set of stairs, but we were already running so we couldn't stop. I hit this thing full on into my chest. It was almost like time stood still and everything went calm. I could see it clearly as a white smoke-filled figure with shimmers of red, almost like red ribbon inside of the smokiness. The next thing I knew, my arm being yanked as my girlfriend continued to run, pulling me through towards the front door. It was the most surreal feeling I have ever felt in my life. I stood at the door calm and collected as my girlfriend was frantically trying to get the key in the door lock again like a movie. She was screaming, finally opened the door, and I stood there saying, where are we going to go? She just cried and cried sobbing hysterically, and I was calm as a cucumber. I said, let's go in, sit down and think this through. She put up a fight, but then agreed. We went into the living room and sat down while I made some points. Who will believe us? Where will we go? What about our things? We sat on the sofa with the lights on until daylight, we were young with no home phone and mobiles were very rare back then, so we never had one. At 7 a.m., we walked to our mom's house, 20 minutes away, and she collapsed crying. We both cried and explained everything, now terrified to return after talking about it. I had to go to work, so at work I called my dad and asked him to listen, but all I got was laughter. I felt alone, scared, and utterly humiliated by my dad. I didn't know where to turn. We had nowhere to stay and my girlfriend was heavily pregnant. We called the council and explained what happened and begged to be moved, and the council lady actually said to us, you're freaking mental. We returned home that evening around 8pm, went straight to the living room and sat on the sofa. I never slept a second that night, and I don't think I did for a week. I went to work the next day and my girlfriend went to her mom's. We sorted blankets and pillows for the floor and we slept on the floor of the living room for three months not once venturing upstairs. We used a toilet at our neighbor's and showered at our mom's. Then, when my girlfriend went into labor and we had no option, I had to face my fears and venture upstairs. It was calm, quiet, and cold. I was talking to whatever it was, begging for it to be kind, saying I mean no harm, I just want the best for my family. I built a cot and changed all the bedding and cleaned like never before. We brought home our new son and only saw this thing one more time about two years later and then never again. Now I'm 46 years old typing this recollection with a new family and goosebumps running through my soul. I will never forget that first night and the image haunts me, although I am no longer scared of anything. Now, believe me or not, I don't care. I posted this. I sent this as I have never spoken about it to anyone else. I want to add that we went to our local church to see a vicar. It took about a month of begging and pleading in the church for him to come out. He was scared of what we described, as if he had heard the same thing before and didn't want any part of it. When he came to our house and he said, Don't mess about, just leave it alone. Don't communicate with it. And don't show it any fear. He said it was there because of the baby, good or bad, but ignore it. 
He spoke prayers around the house and left after about five minutes. To me, this was useless and a waste of time. I've had more experience since that day. Different homes, different ages. Some good, some bad. At It's Haunted What Now, we will never discredit or not believe in your story. This was your experience, and we can see how it still lives in your memory to this day. It's true that pregnant women and children tend to attract this kind of energy, which is a possible reason for this happening. But we can't say for sure. What's very odd was how your mood changed so drastically once you accidentally ran into this being. Like it sucked away all your heightened emotions or maybe fed off of your fear and took it from you instead of leaving it with you. As I said after the previous story, I'm very wary of entities that can affect mood or personality. That's too much power if you ask me. Hey, it's Chris007 wraps up this episode with stupefying premonitions delivered through their dreams. Throughout my whole life, I've always had a lot of coincidences and premonitory dreams. While coincidences occur to me on the daily and can be insignificant but fun, my premonitions can sometimes leave me feeling creeped out or shocked. Here are two of my top premonitory dreams. On November 29, 2012, I woke up from a bad dream involving my cousin. I told my sister about the dream in the hopes that my sister would tell her for me. I'm naturally shy as it is and didn't want to tell her myself, afraid of what she might think or say. After all, it was just a dream. I mean, everyone has them. I convinced my sister and she got on Facebook to message my cousin for me. She wrote, Hi cousin, my sister said she had a dream where you fell backwards and hit your head so badly you were bleeding everywhere. I know it's just a dream, but you never know and just be careful, stay safe. Almost two weeks went by, and my cousin hadn't checked her messages until December 13th, 2012. She wrote back, Oh wow, really? Yes, I will, thank you. Sometimes dreams can warn you in advance. I just hope it's nothing bad. Three days later, our cousin wrote to my sister, Wow, this is just so crazy. I think I know why she had that dream. On Saturday night, I was out with some friends. We were headed to the Griffith Observatory, but first we stopped by the corner store to buy some snacks. After exiting the store, we got in the car and I accidentally dropped my wallet. From inside the car, I noticed my wallet on the ground. It was, within arm it was within arm's reach, so I bent down to grab it when I felt a violent gust of wind blow through my hair and a loud crash. I quickly sat up and realized the truck had just crashed into my door that was left wide open and ripped off its hinges, barely missing my head. I'm so grateful that nothing happened to me. The door can be replaced, but I just thank God for not letting anything happen to me. The second premonitory dream that has stuck with me to this day starts off in a cemetery not located here in the United States. The reason I could tell was because the graves looked like Mexican tombs. There was one particular tomb that caught my attention, and as I got close enough, I saw a photograph. 
it was a photo of another cousin of mine. Of course, this dream creeped me out, and what made everything worse was that he was currently visiting family in Mexico. A few days later, I had a similar dream. I was at the same cemetery and the same tomb was there, but this time there was a blue casket sitting above the ground. I woke up scared. I wondered if something bad was going to happen to him. I wasn't as close to him compared to my female cousin, so telling him was not an option. I didn't want to offend anyone or be ridiculed, so I only told my sister about the dream. A week later, my mom was on the phone with a family member from Mexico, and they told her that my cousin had an accident. He was riding a horse when he fell off and landed on his head. He was hurt really badly and had a big bump somewhere on his head. He refused to go to the hospital but felt okay. That wasn't the only bad thing to happen to him on this trip. On his way back to the States, the car he was riding in with his older brother blew a tire, but by luck they were fine. Nothing major happened. I sighed in relief thinking about how my cousin was fine and how that dream had me worried. Sure, I had a bad dream about him and he did have some bad luck, but it was over. He was back home and fine. Months later, his father, my uncle, was diagnosed with brain cancer. The whole family was devastated. He was loved by everyone. If I remember right, he might have had one or two rounds of chemo and sort of gave up. He refused to continue to do chemotherapy. On March 7th, my birthday of all days, my uncle passed away only a few months into his battle with cancer. It's been hard to celebrate my birthday since then. We all miss him so much. On the day of his funeral, I was sitting with the rest of the family in the pews. It took me a while to notice since I was not fully there mentally, but I noticed that my uncle's casket was blue. That was the same casket I dreamt about, and even though my uncle lived half of his life here in the United States and also died here, he was going to be buried in Mexico. That day I realized that in my dream all along, it wasn't his son's tomb and casket, it was the father's. Okay, while the first premonition was definitely wild, the second one seriously left me slack-jawed. I'm talking all the way to the ground. I hope that you're able to process your ability to have these premonitions and can feel free of guilt when you're not able to understand them fully at the time. Sometimes these things aren't meant to solely warn of the future, but to help prepare you for what is to come. Of course, all of us here at It's Haunted What Now send our condolences for the loss of your beloved uncle and your cousin. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me, hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter, for now, at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance by Jesse Hawk, writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer and audio smith for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that? <laughs>